Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. Praise the Lord. We said our theme for this morning is sound of abundance of rain. We started a program last Monday, which we called what? Load the cloud. Or load your cloud. Or like, like uh, my wife said, loading your cloud. Whichever way you want to put it. And all we were doing is, we looked at this particular passage. And said, how do you load your cloud? How do, because for three years, or is it three and a half years, there was no rain in the land. There was famine in the land. Everything was dry. Everywhere was dry. People were dying. Remember that woman, that widow woman. She said, I want to just eat the last and go and die with my son. Then Elijah came on the scene. And he realized that they needed to do some things to bring back the cloud that there might be a rainfall. And so we said, how do you load your cloud for abundance? We said, the first thing you do is you must challenge the status quo. You must do what? If you are happy with where you are, I'm not talking of being discontent, I mean, discontented, whatever the right English is. And that's not what I'm saying. But if you just sit and say, well, that is it. Like many of us will sit down and say, well, we came to this country because of our children. So let the children go to school. Let me be earning my $12 an hour. And that is it. At least uh, there's, no, there's light in Canada and there's water and there's air. If you don't challenge that status quo, you'll be here for 40 years. You will live, you will eat, you will die. But you know what happens? You will go to the grave with your dreams. It is not God's fault. That's what is not God's fault. You've got to make up your mind that no, I am hungry for more. I am what? I am thirsty for more. Tell somebody I want more. We said if you are going to load your cloud for abundance, you must challenge the status quo. Number two, we said you must repair the altar of the Lord which is broken down. And we said the altar of the Lord in this instance repairs to your prayer life. And many of us, our prayer life is in shambles. Is, is in what? It's in shambles. Many of us here used to pray for one hour every day. Now if you pray for five minutes, God will be happy. God will say, ah, I thank me today who she prayed. <laughs> Is that progress? No, sir. If you are in a church like this and you cannot pray, I pity that person. Because we make, we provide every avenue for us to do what? To pray. To pray. I don't have any other power except the power of what? Prayer. That's what the Lord has brought me up in. That's what the Lord has taught me. That is what the Lord has made to work for us. Oh, we can tell you stories in this church. When we started, the membership was just myself, my wife, and our two children. Now we have four children. Two of them were born after the church started. And we've had, I mean, series of ups and what? And down. Just when you think these are the people that we teach are going to build the church. One day somebody will come and say, Pastor, the Lord has told me to do so and so and so, and the person is gone. But God remains the same. And we are where we are today. And we are moving somewhere. But one thing has remained constant. When we started, 
I had somebody that I would call a prayer band leader. And we agreed that the prayer band will be meeting to pray every Saturday. And I, I wasn't a member of the group. But I will ask, did you people pray yesterday? And it just happened that for some times they were not meeting for prayer. And my prayer band leader got angry with me. I said, Pastor, you've given us assignment. Leave us to do it. But brethren, not, with, that's not, not in prayer. Well, that was the end of that mistake for me. From that time till today. The person that heads the prayer department in this, in this church is who? It's me. So if I say, let's come and pray. If nobody shows up, I will pray. It's an appointment with God. And God has been faithful. And you continue to be faithful. Brethren, you cannot pray and fail. That's what you cannot pray and fail. It's impossible. I can tell you that. You can study management principles and do what? And fail. You can study engineering and do what? And fail. I read animal science at school. I have a master's degree in animal science. You can study animal science and do what? In fact, during my youth service, the farm where I was, where I was serving, those of us that know what they call youth service, we were supposed to inoculate those chickens against ah, one of these very prevalent uh, chicken uh, things in Nigeria. I don't know what we did though. All those chickens died. I'm telling you, they all died. And we were supposed to be doing what? Protecting them. We succeeded in killing them. I'm trying to bring out the point. You can study animal science and do what? Maybe God knew. <laughs> That's why God didn't allow me to stay in animal science. But brethren, you cannot pray. It's not possible. It's not possible. In fact, when the pressure is the highest with you, find a secluded place and say, Lord, it's me and you. I don't know how to pray like pastor. In fact, I don't know what he says when he's praying. But I know what brought me here. Talk to God like your father. There's no special language. Do what? Talk to him like your father. Say, Lord, is that how you do it? Or I die. If you don't do it, I am finished. Brethren, he will answer you. You must repair the altar of God that is broken down. That is the second thing. We are talking about how you are, I mean, how you are going to load that cloud that you may get the rain. The third thing is present an acceptable sacrifice. Not every sacrifice is what? It's not enough that I bring money. Hey, pastor, yo man, I got 10,000 for you. And you give it to me. And pastor will take the money and take thank God. The building project is coming up. Is that not so? Yes. But God knows that some sacrifices are what? They are not acceptable. I'm not saying don't bring 10,000. In fact, <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting one million from somebody. Amen. Uh, are there unbelievers in the house? Yes. I say I'm expecting one million from somebody. What you don't realize is that if you are going to give somebody one million, you must have what? So, the Lord will prosper you in Jesus' name. But there are sacrifices that are not... I shared one testimony with us here. The general overseer said, a man, when the church in Nigeria used to live, I mean, was in a shed, the man brought state-of-the-art 
audio equipment. The type that were not present in Nigeria then, he imported them. And when members of the church saw it, they said, Hallelujah. God has done what? God has answered prayer. But he said as he was about to accept it and pray for the man, God said, no, I don't want it. He said, he started the, what was the word? Well, somebody said it there. He, he started stammering. So, uh, 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 you know, sir, uh, uh, my father said, um, we should reject it. He himself did not want to reject it, but he knew the voice of God. And what did the man do? He said the man went to a pillar in the church, began to hit his head against the pillar, and said, even God, as one word, has rejected me. That's a loaded story. The man knew where he was coming from. You can't bribe God. Give him an acceptable sacrifice. And then destroy all the prayers of Baal that minister against you on any satanic altar. Is somebody with me? From the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven does what? And the violent do what? In the school of disciples, we are taught that the only, the only language the devil understands is what? So if you want to come before the devil and say, hey, you know what? Do your thing. I do my thing. When he finishes doing his thing, you'll be dead. Unfortunately, you might even die and not go to heaven. He will now begin to mock you. I say, yeah, yeah, man. He just a good church. You don't know anything. You will not fall into his hands. I say, you will not fall into his hands. Let's rise on our feet. Someone is not over, but let's rise on our feet. You are going to pray. You will say, any priest, any priest. servicing altars against my life, die in the name of Jesus. That, uh, in Jesus' name, there are two uh, there are two options. So, the man can die, or you will die. Which one do you choose? Jesus has died for me. I am not supposed to die for any problem. There are people, you know, we are not studying about altars today. We've done that in the past. Maybe sometime in the future we'll come back to it. There are people whose life, even the money you send to them. They buy it, they use it to buy things that they use to service an altar against your progress. And you are here struggling. And before you know it, they will say, if you like, don't pray. Say, any priest, any priest. servicing altars altar. against my life, die in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Any priest servicing altars against my life, I say, die in the name of Jesus. Reka pasoto lenda itragabo. Ida bakapori masoto le andaria. Thank you, Father. Repa kaposka linda itragabo. Any priest service not against my life. I said, die in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we are praying. That same prayer point. You will now say, against my destiny. Do what? Die. So any priest servicing altars. Against my destiny, die in the name of Jesus. Any priest servicing altars against my destiny, die in the name of Jesus. Any priest servicing altars against my destiny, die in the name of Jesus. 
Eze kama kato lenda ipragabo Eprosoto reke pasoto lenda liya In Jesus name we are praying One more prayer point When we pray that one You are going to put in there what you want That is any priest Servicing altars you, Maybe against my academics Maybe against my work Maybe against my home Maybe against my marriage Against my husband Against my wife Before we pray I will tell us a story. I've shared that story here with us. That man that had five daughters, he lived in the main house with his mother. His, his, his boy's quarter has five rooms. Every one of his daughters, they were married and they returned back to his house to live in their own share of the boy's quarter. Is somebody with me? So his five daughters got married, came back home, and were living in the boy's quarter. He was living in the main house with his mother. Then one of the daughters gave her life to Christ and began to pray. The type of prayer we are praying this morning. The first day she prayed, she prayed for one hour. And in the morning, grandmother, grandma came and said, My daughter, what type of prayer were you praying last night? So don't pray that prayer again. No. If you continue to pray that prayer, somebody will die. <laughs> the lady, I don't know if she knew it was grandma or not. Too. The following day, she increased it to three hours. Grandma came again and said, I, I, I said, don't pray that prayer again. Somebody will die. Oh, the third day she did all night. You know what they call all night? Yes, sir. You start at 12 midnight, you carry it till 5 a.m. By the time they went back to grandma's room, grandma was dead. What did they now find out? When they started going through grandma's load, uh, things, there's a padlock in her room. In that padlock are the names of the five daughters. And you know, those of us who understand the deep secrets of the secret, <laughs> if I may put that way, so she had padlocked the names of the five daughters and that's why they couldn't stay in the house of their husband. Before the end of that day, her own husband said, what is going on? Where is my wife? Before the end of that day that grandma died, he came and took his wife away. When Once the, the, the cover-up is broken, the other daughters, you don't need to preach to them, they give their lives to Christ, everybody relocated to their husband's house. You are going to pray that prayer now. Like I said, you pray it and put whatever God puts in your hand. Any priest, Any priest. servicing altars against my ministry, against my wife, against my children, open your mouth and pray. Die in the name of Jesus. Any priest, servicing altars against my wife, against my children. I said, die in the name of Jesus. Any priest servicing altars against Christ's chapel. Die in the name of Jesus. Any priest servicing altars against my ministry i said die in the name of jesus thank you heavenly father thank you lord in jesus name we are praying as you have prayed so shall it be in jesus name the lord will answer your prayers in the name of jesus let's have our seats let's have our seats so the passage we read says elijah had the sound of abundance of rain that is a word of prophecy. 
So what did Elijah do? Did he just go and say, God has spoken, it shall come to pass? Elijah went and he began to pray. He didn't pray once. He didn't pray twice. The Bible said he continued to pray until he received an answer. And at what point did he receive an answer? The seventh time. So this uh, theology that they will tell you that once you pray once, don't pray again. It's not in the Bible. Luke chapter 18 verse 1 says, Men ought how often to pray? How often? Always to pray and not to faint. Elijah already saw what God wanted to do and he, uh, he told the king, the king, the king was lucky he had Elijah. Even at that, he still perished. He, wasn't a use, he was a useless king. In spite of everything Elijah did in his life, he still, I mean, went the ways of the heathen. He went and started eating. Like many of us will do. We don't know when to eat and when not to eat. Not eating will not kill you. I hope you realize that. Not eating will not kill you. It will strengthen you. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. This month is our month of divine fulfillment. It's our month of what? So even though we just finished a 50, 50 days prayer on Thursday, it's time for you to pray more until you receive what God has promised you. This time around, it's not the church saying, let's pray for 10, I mean, let's fast for 20 days or for 10 days or for 2 days. No. It's you making up your mind that I want more. That's what they I want more. It's you saying that what God has promised me, I have not received. And until I receive it, I ain't stopping my prayers. Are we together? It's very important. I pray for someone here today. Your dreams will not die with you. And I want to assure somebody seated here today, you can still dream new dreams. That's what you can still dream. New dreams. By that, I'm not saying you should go and sleep. Oh. There are ideas that God is dropping. Remember, I remember, yeah, on Monday when we started our loading the cloud, I know I told those of us that were here and anybody that was following online that this week, if you are sensitive to what God is saying, God will give somebody a direction, an instruction that when you implement it, it will establish you not just for this moment, but for what? For generations. And I hope somebody will have a testimony of that. Amen. So once God has given you a promise, once the sound of abundance of rain has come, it's time for you to contend for the promise. To do what? Contend for the promise. God himself in Deuteronomy chapter 2, Verse 24 to 25. Deuteronomy 2, 24 to 25. He said it. He said, rise up. Take your journey. Pass over the Jordan. Or pass over river Anon. I have given into your hand the kings of that land. He now said, possess it and do what? Contend with him in battle. Brethren, you must contend with the enemy in battle. And the battle we are talking about is not physical, but what? You contend on your knees. And God will give you victory in Jesus' name. Amen. 
But there's one thing you must realize. In verse 25, he said, beginning today, I will make people throughout the earth terrified because of you. Amen. That's God's word for someone here today. Amen. So before you even begin to pray, the people you are praying about or against, as the case may be, they're already what? They're afraid of you. When they stand before you, they won't show, that's if they are bold enough to even stand before you. They won't show that they are afraid. They won't show that they are afraid. But you know, they are afraid, not because of you, but because the Bible says, greater is he than he that is in the world. Because the person is in you, that is in you, is, the Bible says, our God is a, I mean, a God that releases terror. You know what terror is? He releases, his terror will be upon your enemies in the name of Jesus. Yeah. He has gone ahead of you to give you victory. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. We are going to be running up soon. Verse 2 to 3. The Lord said, Moses, my servant is dead. He said, now therefore arise. That's the word. The word is what? Arise. Tell somebody, arise. arise. That's very important. You can't continue sitting down where you are doing nothing and expecting something to happen. Somebody said, a fool is a man that continues to do the same thing and expects a different result. Tell somebody you are not a fool. You need to arise. You, when you wake up tomorrow morning, you need to get up, go out and do something. And the Lord will prosper it. Amen. If you don't do anything, what will God prosper? Zero times one million is what? Zero. You need to do something. I was listening to the general said this morning and he shared a story he has shared long ago. He said he went for a camp meeting. Can I take it? And somebody stood up and said, Have all the offering that you people give, either I said it will match it or it will double it. And so when they collected all the offering, this was in those days, so not today. The offering was $3.5 million. And the man came and said, is that all you can do? All of you, you can't give more than $3.5 million. Remember that whatever you give, he will do what? He will match it. I said, a man that can come and say something like this, I need to know his story. So after the service, he went and met him. And the man said, where are you from? He told him it was from the only, the, only, uh, the only capital of God on earth. So when he told him, he said, okay, what is your story? How can you stand and $3.5 million is nothing to you? And the man said, at a point in his life, he had only $500. And with the $500, he started a business. And he told God, he said, Lord, I will start this business. I will not give you 10%. I will give you 90%. And I will live on 10% of the profit. All together. He said that was, I mean, what the man made up his mind to do. So he started his business. And he said, as at that time that he was speaking with the GO, his business had, had uh, I don't know if it was the income or the profit. You know, there's a difference between the two. Of over $500 million. Whichever one it was. But it started with what? So, you can do the same. I don't know what business God wants you to go into. I don't know what new venture God is impressing upon your heart. 
it will always look impossible from the beginning. But that is the speciality of our God. Yeah. Our God is a God who specializes in what? The impossible. the impossible things. But he's also a God that makes a way where there is no way. Yeah. He's a God that proved that within the Red Sea, there can be dry land. He will make way for you. Amen. He will go ahead of you. Amen. So what do you need to do? Be strong. Be strong. Be strong in the place of prayers. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 to 7. We don't have much time. Just put it down. Those of us are writing. Be strong in the place of prayers. Number two, move forward to possess your possession. You can't stand on the, in one place and say, I possess. And then you go back and sleep. You will possess hunger. <laughs> move forward to possess your possession. Judges chapter 6 verse 14. Judges 6, 14. The Lord looked upon him. That was Gideon and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? He's the one that is giving you that idea. He's the one that is speaking to you. There are so many obstacles on your path. But the God we serve is a living God. Obadiah chapter 1, verse 17. We know it very well. He said, Upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance. There shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possession. I pray for someone here today. You will possess your possession. Yeah. He now said, anybody that will possess his possession must have two things. Fire and flame. Fire and what? Flame. And any opposition that stands across your way is what? Is a stubble. Stubble. Hey, Grass. To be consumed by the fire and the flame that you have become. Can you see that God has great plans for you? He's gone ahead of you. If only your desire is to be on fire for God. Every opposition to what God wants to do in your life, he will consume them. Amen. You know, at times when we talk of God set me on fire for thee. Let me be on fire for thee. People think, ah, that's a prayer for pastor. I gave us an example during our 10 hour prayer yesterday. Of a particular man, he's an MD of a finance house in Abuja. Every Friday in that particular company, they do a service. That's the altar of God he has established there. And said people from all offices around will come in there to, to worship with them. Then one day, some occultic women came together. And they went and borrowed money from the financiers with the intention of not paying back. But his altar fought for him. His God fought for him. They said the women have been doing this before and they've used it to cripple many organizations. Because in many instances, even the judge that will, that will adjudicate the case is in the same league with them. They are in the same court. If they can't do anything against they keep postponing it. They, they postpone the, the thing for, for, for 20 years. By the time it's, they, they release their decision, everybody concerned has died. But in this particular situation, this company won the case against that woman. Because there was the altar of the living God in that establishment. Brethren, don't be ashamed of this our God. He has not changed. What he used to do, he still does. The problem is, 
faithful people with whom he can do what he wants to do. Remember that Bible passage in the book of Proverbs? Faithful men are scars. Faithful men are what? They are scars. It's so unfortunate. Men that God can, like, like God was proud of Job. Do you realize that? God was proud of Job. He said, Satan, whatever you like, do for him. Don't touch his life. I know that man. I'm proud of him. God was proud of Abraham. Is that not so? He said, I know him. God was proud of Daniel. Is that not so? The Bible says Daniel proposed in his heart not to defile himself with the portion of the king's rich food. He was just making up his mind to do that too. But what about what? The Bible says God had given him favor. You see, God went ahead of him. Many of us, what we don't realize is that God has gone ahead of us. But if you don't move forward, you cannot meet God where he has gone ahead. And so we stay where we are. I say, ah, eh, it's not my fault. Oh. In fact, is this law of Canada? Oh, oh is it? And we have all manner of excuses. Remember that statement that our general Vasya said. He said, only failures make excuses. Look at your neighbor and say, only failures make excuses. Stop giving excuses. Make up your mind. To be what God desires you to be. To be what God has proposed you to be. Move forward to possess your possessions. In that same Exodus 14 verse 15, the Lord told Moses, Why are you crying unto me? Speak to the children of Israel that what? That they go forward. That they go forward. So we say, first of all, be strong in the place of prayers. Move forward. And number three, be strong in the word. Be strong in what? Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 to 9. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. You know, when a child of God is speaking and is quoting the scriptures, you don't have to say Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, but you just begin to say the word. Is somebody with me? You don't have to say in the book of Genesis or the book of... No, no. But in that conversation, you are speaking the word of God in the conversation. There is no, what do they call that thing? Uh, that thing that uh, occultic people say. There's no chant, uh, 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 enchantment that, that can, can, can fight that. In fact, you will, you will immobilize the opposition. Yes, yeah, so you will discombobulate them. You are just speaking normal language. But as you are speaking, you say, you know what? Give me a word. Somebody give me a word. Speak a word. Yeah, but I'm in a conversation with maybe my MD. <laughs> with my MD. Somebody give me a word. Somebody who is in the spirit. Yes, with my MD. He <laughs> 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 shall not start. Shall not start. Say you are an enemy of the company. I love that one. The lines are falling onto me in pleasant places. The lines are falling onto us in pleasant places. You are now saying that I am part of this group. The lines are falling onto us in what? Like our sister was saying, when you say God will something, God, God will. God will help us. Some of us don't want to know that we know God. God will help us. Is that not so? 
He said, Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. You are a manager in your place of work, and you are talking to your employees. And I said, look, if you are uh, uh, faithful, if you are committed, if you are obedient, you will make your way prosperous. You are going to have good success in this company. And then you personalize it. Say, I'm telling you, whatever it is you bring across my path in this establishment, I can do it. Now, you are not boasting unto, I mean, unto, you are boasting in who? In, because that's, is that not what the Bible says? Yes. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, the Holy Spirit will teach you what to say and how to say it. So that when you begin to say it, you are declaring the word and your position will melt. They called you into the office to say, okay, we are releasing people who want to sack you. When you begin to talk, and they say, I'm sorry, I, I think you are not supposed to be here. Go back to your, go back to your job. Because you have begun to release words from the throne of grace. Be strong in the world. But take note, brethren, success should not take you away from the Lord or from the house of the Lord. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Hebrews 10, 25 to 26 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Brethren, it's very easy in this country that when you come in, you want to go to church. You want to pray because you don't understand the, the terrain. When God begins to establish you, you forget about church. And it's not just church. You forget about God. And many of us, what we think we have seen that is, that is uh, uh, success. It's not success. Like I always tell us, it's in, this, it's, in this, I mean, it's in Nigeria that buying a car is a big deal. Is it a big deal here? Any car, tell me any car, I'm telling you. Lexus, it's not a big deal. You know, maybe you are paying uh, uh, $120 every two weeks or something like whatever it is. And so you think you have uh, your Lexus Pajero, if there's anything like that. And you think you are a big man, you are just wasting your effort. It is over there that owning a car is a... So now you have a car, you think you have arrived. Wasted effort. When God is still taking you far. And now you think, you know what? Now I'm someone. Look at that pastor. See the way he was talking to me. Who does he think he is? Because you brought a white Bentley to church. And pastor has a green Bentley. The most expensive one. Praise the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? Where I'm going is, God wants to lift you up. Don't limit yourself. You can limit yourself when you make little progress. And now you think you are the you are the king of the whole world. Every one of us here, where we come from in our village, we are superstars. Who? Do you realize that? More so with the current exchange rate. Every one of us we are we are local champions. But why don't you stop looking back and start looking ahead? Start looking at where God wants to take you. Because his plan, um, he said, I know the thought I have towards you. He said, thoughts of, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Amen. Let's bow down our head. Sounds of abundance of rain. 
God has mighty plans for your life and he wants to take you there. Why don't you pray to him this morning? I say, I need an anniversary gift. It may be a revelation. It may be a word. A word that will resound in your heart until you establish God's purpose for your life. I need an anniversary gift. Receive it in the name of Jesus. You are in the house today. You are not born again. You've not given your life to Christ. You want to raise up your hand where you are. We are going to pray together. If there's anybody in the house, you've not given your life to Jesus. The sound of abundance is only for those who are born again. Or maybe you are watching us online. You are not born again. This is the opportunity for you to say, Lord Jesus, I want a relationship with you. I want to be known by you as yours. Father, we thank you. We lift your name on I. Be glorified in Jesus' name. The word we have heard today will not stand against us. You will establish us. You will lift us up. Our joy shall be full. Thank you, Heavenly Father. As many as are watching that are not born again, I decree that today is your day of salvation. Just say, say with me, say, Lord Jesus, I come before you. Come into my heart. Come in today. Come in to stay. Take control of all that is mine. And let your name be glorified in my life. That testimony that you have promised within the next one year, make me a partaker. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for we have prayed in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.